Welcome to the Right Way Christian Center podcast. Here at Right Way, we exist so that people may know God personally, grow in God relentlessly, and show God compassionately. We hope that you grow because of this message today. Amen. Amen. So listen, I'm so excited tonight uh, to stand before you and deliver a word. Um, And it's so amazing how God just, he sets the stage so beautifully and so perfectly every time for the word to go forth. And so I didn't get nervous until like I was in the back starting to get, starting to get dressed. I've been really settled on this word. I know what I heard God say. And so I'm just really excited. And so we're just going to dive right in tonight, okay? As you know, uh, Pastor uh, and, and even Pastor John have been teaching on a beautiful, just beautiful all year long, right? Just some powerful, impactful words. And what I've been doing, I've been taking those words and I've been going back and I've been just eating them again and again and again. And it's some stuff that the Lord pointed out to me. Uh, and so I wanted to, I, I, I feel like he wants to share that tonight. Because I think sometimes, you know, in the excitement of it all, we miss some pieces, right? Especially if we're not going back to to check out our leftovers, amen? So tonight, we're going to be talking about revive your belief, amen? So we're just going to marry both of the, both of the, um, well, actually all three. We're going to marry all three of the themes that we've been talking about all year, revive being in Christ and then the power of belief. We're just going to marry all of that together tonight. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to do a quick review and then we're going to dive into the word. I just want to I just want to go over the definitions. They've already been prepared so beautifully uh, by Pastor V. Uh, The word revive is defined as refresh, breathe new life into, renew, energize, bring back, restore to life or consciousness to give new strength or energy to. And so I want you to remember, restore to life or consciousness, okay? And then belief, he gave us, I think, three or four definitions of belief, but I got two of them tonight that I thought were just perfect for this message, right? Um, The spiritual capacity to accept and act on what God says without sense realm evidence. And then he gave us another beautiful definition Belief, he said, is the process, right? So this is a verb. This is belief as a verb. It's the process of persuading the will to connect to a course of action or expectation. How many of you walked in the building tonight with an expectation? Right? You, you, are, you, are, in, you, you are in hopeful expectation of something from God. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know how it's coming, but you just believe that it's going to come. Okay, it's the third of the month. By now, by now, everybody should be then got a check in the mail if that's, you know, if you, if you, get, the, if you get the luxury of waiting on the, well, on the mailbox. Now, you just know that you got a word from somebody that said it's going to show up. Whether it's in the mailbox or in your account, you don't know, right? But come the first, the third, the 15, 27, however it does it for you, right, you have an expectation. That if you walk out there to that road and open that mailbox or if you pick up that phone and you check that account, you have an expectation that there's something there. My God. But it seems like, just checking the temperature of the house, 
it seems like we as a people, and I'm not talking about anybody specifically, but it's like the body of Christ, it's like we done got weighed down or something. Like we've forgotten all the promises and the principles that God has given us. And so God said, it's time to revive your belief. I think it was two weeks ago, Pastor John, he came and he uprooted the unbelief that we had within us. And so tonight, he left the belief alone. But tonight, I want to revive it for you. We want to jump it off. So our foundational scripture for tonight is coming from Mark 11th chapter, uh, verses 22 through 24 in the Amplified. And uh, it's up there, so let's read. And Jesus, replying to them, have faith in God constantly. Somebody say constantly. constantly. Truly, I tell you, whoever says to this mountain, look at God. He just set the stage so beautifully. Did he not with worship? I mean, my God. Whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt at all in his heart, but believes that what he says will take place, it will be done for him. Verse 24, for this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you and you will get it. Tonight, we're going to revive our belief because it's some stuff that you want. It's some stuff that you want, and it's some stuff that God wants for you, right? And I'm telling you, it's already prepared. It's already laid up. All you got to do is get it. Because that's what the word said. My God. So I want to just have faith in God constantly is what verse 22 said, right? And so just to kind of give you a little bit of background, this is when, uh, when Jesus, you know, he done went and he done cleared the temple, right? Because they was in there doing all those God-awful things in the temple. And so, uh, you know, he was on his way to the temple and he passed by a fig tree, right? And, and I just imagine that Jesus was hungry and he saw that that tree was bright and flourishing, had the green leaves on it, but it bare not fruit is what the scripture says. And so he walked up to the tree, he cursed the tree, and then he went on and did his business. And so, so if, you, if you go back up, and I think it's around verse 20, you read down into what we just read. Peter, I believe it was, Peter remembered the tree. And uh, let's see what verse that is. Verse 21, Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree on the previous day and explained. He said, look, Jesus. The tree died just like you said it would. (laughs) And then Jesus replied, have faith in God constantly. Because if I said it, that's what it was supposed to do. And so the same power, right? The same power that was in Jesus, it's in us. But that power is redicated to to the level of your belief. And so your belief weighs on that. And so our foundational point tonight, the ability to experience the life that God has prepared for us is fully dependent on your belief. It's full, I, and let, me, let me say it how I wrote it because it said our belief. So it's, it's our belief. I'm throwing me under the bus tonight too. Therefore, it is imperative to restore to consciousness our spiritual capacity to accept and act on what God said. Without sense, realm, evidence. We have to get to a place to where if he said it, we believe it, and that settles it. Even if it's not showing up, even if I can't see it right now, I'm fully persuaded. I'm not moving on it because it's what God 
said. Right. It's what he said. We got to get to a point to where we believe just what he said. Right. We, 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 we got we got all of this doubt in our in our hearts and in our minds. And we're looking at what other folks are doing. And we're going to get to that tonight. But but you got to get to a place where you believe just what he said, because that's how you go. That's how you're going to see stuff start popping off in your life, because he said it. I don't need I don't need an example. You know, I don't need somebody that's an already blazed the trail. I don't have to see it because if he said I can have it, I can have it. My God. Check out this statement. Belief is a matter of one's heart. Without belief, we can't see the manifestation of all that God has prepared for us. Let's look at Romans 10th chapter, verses 9 and 10 in the New Living Translation. Let me turn there. Let me see. Oh, no, they got it up there. Do they got it up there? Let's see, Romans 10, uh, verse 9, verse 9, and we're going to read 9 and 10. And we all know this. This is a familiar passage of Scripture, but I wanted to read it in the New Living Translation. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Let's read verse 11, too, just for the sake of it. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. That basically says to me, whatever I ask for, I can have it because I'm trusting in him. You see that? You see the confidence? You see the confidence and the boldness that's in that? And it, 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 it weighs nothing on me, but it's because he said it. Right. And, and, and so belief is a matter of the heart. Somebody say it's a matter of the heart. So 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 salvation. Right. Salvation. What saves us? What brings us into the flock and into the fold? That has a matter of doing with our mouth. Right. We have to confess it. Right. But our belief, what keeps us, what keeps us in this state, what keeps us. Understanding that we have been made righteous is a matter of our heart. And so you can't just say it without believing it. You got you to believe it in your heart. And so I want to talk a little bit about the heart tonight, right? So, so the heart, the heart, and I'm talking about in your body, in your physical body. The heart is the most vital organ to the functioning of your entire body. Now, I had, I had a misconception because, see, I thought the heart was like the control center. But no, that's going to be your brain, right? So the brain is like large and in charge. But the brain can't do nothing without the heart. The heart is the center, is, is central to the cardiovascular system, which is, an, and this is Google, by the way. This, ain't, this is not my knowledge. We letting Google preach just a little bit tonight. It is central to the cardiovascular system. It's a network of blood vessels that pump blood throughout your body. Right. It pumps blood to all those other vital organs like the liver, the kidney, the lungs, the brain. It keeps all of that stuff functioning. OK, and it, it, it works with the other systems in the body to control your heart rate, your blood pressure, you know, all of that type of stuff. So all of that is working right based on the heart. Because see, if we take your heart out, all that other stuff could function for just a little while. Right. But eventually it's not going to be getting the oxygenated blood to keep it functioning and to keep it alive. 
right? One of the heart's main functions is to pump oxygenated blood cells throughout the body to the other body parts. The heart can withstand, this is what Google is saying, now Google said this, the heart can withstand high-stress situations because of how it's connected to the rest of the body. It's connected to our nervous system, right? Your nervous system sends signals to your heart to tell it how fast or how slow it needs to beat based on the situation. So when I walked up here on stage tonight, mine was just beating out my chest, right? Because I'm nervous. And this is kind of like a high stress situation, but now I've moved Trey out the way and I've given Holy Spirit free reign to do what he said he's gonna do, right? And so your heart, your belief, going back, going back spiritual now, your heart, your belief is responsible for the functioning of the entirety of your life in the kingdom of God. And so you can't get nowhere in the kingdom without your belief. You can sow as much as you want. You can serve as much as you want. You can do as much as you want. But until you believe it, <laughs> you're not going to see it. And so when I was studying this out, the Lord said this. He said, belief is the foundation. It's the foundation of the believer's life. Isn't that something? Belief is the foundation of the believer's life. Some folks think it's good works that's going to do it for them. Mm -mm. It's not. It's not your works. It's nothing you can do to actually get it. You can't work to get it. You just got to believe. You just got to believe. Without the heart, it is impossible for the body to function properly. Without your belief, without your belief, it don't matter what you out here doing. It don't matter how much you're sowing. Because you, you, you're sowing and you don't even, you, you, you're, you're, you're operating in a principle that you don't even believe. And so there's no action to it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like jumping off a battery, right? You can't jump off a dead battery. I don't care how much power is in the battery that, you, that you're connected to on the back end. Those cables only transfer power to something that's alive. And so tonight, my God from heaven, tonight I want to jump off your belief system because you, it's, some stuff that God is, it's some stuff that God has got for you, but you're not going to get it unless you believe. Let's look at Proverbs 4th chapter, verse 23. In the New Living Translation. Oh, there it is. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines, it determines the course of your life. It said, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It's your belief, people. Your belief determines the course of your life. And so, and so, and so listen at this. Pressure can challenge one's belief if you let it. It can cause us to question whether or not what God said is true for our lives. Because I'm so caught up on what he's doing for Dora and what he's doing for Kina and what he's doing in the French's life, right? That's pressure, right? Let's talk about pressure. What are, what are, what are some examples of pressure? Comparing ourselves to one another, we see everybody else around us, and we see what appears to be the blessings of the Lord just active in their life, and you really and truly don't know if they got how they got what they, if you don't know if they got what they got by what they say it. Right? You don't know how many jobs they're working to keep it looking how it's looking. 
right? But God, God, God has just given it to you. He's given it to you. He's already laid it up for you. <laughs> and so, and so uh, Psalms 139 and 14 says, I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. You got to focus on you. Because God is all, everything he was going to do for you, he's already done it for you. And so you can't get distracted by what other folks are doing and what everybody else got going on. You got to focus on you and him. Right? You got to focus on saturating yourself in the word so that you got something to pull from when stuff show up in your life. 2 Corinthians 10 chapter verse 12 says, help us, Second Corinthians 10 and 12 helps us to combat this type of pressure because it tells us that comparing ourselves to one another is not wise. Another type of pressure is abnormal environments. We can't grow to the level that our, beneath, that our belief needs us to grow to because we keep putting ourselves in situations that are contradictory to what God is trying to do in our lives. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, salvation did save you. Salvation did save you, but it takes some actions on your behalf in order to keep that thing how it's supposed to be, right? And so you can't keep putting yourselves in situations that hinder you from building the necessary relationship with God to get to the level that you believe in for because he can't bless you there. He can't bless you if you keep going to the wrong places and hanging around the wrong people, right? He has called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And so some of us, we just got to separate ourselves, right? Some of, we got we to gotta disconnect from some people, and we got to disconnect from some situations. I think about the scripture, it comes to mind, Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God is. It's so you can see it. So you got to come out from amongst them. And, and one of my most favorite types of pressure, because this is the one that I struggle with the most. So I'm talking about me now. A negative view of one's self. We fail to see ourselves as, as God sees us, and we, are, we allow our own inabilities to make us question whether or not we can have what God has prepared for us. We standing in the mirror and we looking like, oh me, oh me, oh me. Lord, I can't do that. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not prepared, right? But he said it. He said that it's for you to do. So forget about your past. Forget about what type of household you grew up in. Forget about all of that. Because at the end of the day, if he chose you, he chose you. And his choosing you had nothing at all to do with you. And so we got to get outside of that, right? And so a perfect example of this is Moses. We all know Moses, right? Moses was chosen by God to go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh to free the Israelites. And I read, I think it's Exodus chapter 3 and 4. Moses went back and forth with God so many times. And he didn't, he didn't really identify the real issue until Exodus chapter 4 verse 10, right? Because if you, and, and if you just look at chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, but Moses protested again. I think this was the third or fourth time. He said, what if they don't believe me? Or what if they don't listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? What if they say that, right? He's still looking at himself. And so we see in, in, uh, in, in verse 10, 
It said, but Moses pleaded with the Lord. He said, oh, Lord, now we see him identifying the real problem. I'm not very good with words. He's talking about him. He identified his inability. He said, I am not very good with words. I never have been and now and I am not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue tied. So do I. And my words get tangled. Moses was looking at himself. He wasn't looking at the fact of the one that sent him. Because I want to say it's chapter 3, if I'm not badly mistaken. I think it's chapter 3. Yeah, there it is. Chapter 3, verse 14, God replied to Moses and said, Tell them that I am who I am sent you. You ain't coming on your own. And here's the thing. It don't matter if they believe you or not. I said go. Right? And so if I said go, you just go. Worry about the rest when you, when you show up. My God. And so God was trying to do something through Moses. And Moses is standing here with his feet planted, looking at himself, looking at his own ability. Of course you can't do it on your own. That would defeat the purpose of you receiving salvation. That would defeat the purpose of me coming into the burning bush to catch your attention. If I intended for you to do it on your own, Moses, I would have just let you figure it out yourself. And so we got to get out of our own way. You know what I'm saying? We give the enemy too much credit. I think I heard Pastor V say it first. We give him too much credit. We, we causing detriment to ourselves because we can't get out of our own way. And so talking about me, I always feel like I'm the unqualified person in the room. I always feel like God put me at tables and around people that I don't have the degree or, or the skill set to operate. But it's something about when I get in the room and I move out of my own way. I realize that people start coming to my office and coming to talk to me and asking me, Trey, what do you think about this? I don't, I don't even know. Give me five minutes. Let me pray about it, and then I'll come back to you. Because I didn't get me here. I didn't get me here. I didn't get me here, okay? Just, just let me testify for a moment. The job that I'm doing right now, I wasn't looking for. The job that I'm doing right now, I wasn't looking for. God told me on January 19, 2021, in my closet at 6.02 p.m., that my time was up. He said, your time is up working closely with the students. Your time is up. I said, okay, God, well, let's, you know, let's, let's get some stuff moving because I don't want you to move. I, I, don't, I don't want the grace to leave and I'm still operating in this same place, right? I want to be where you at. And so, man, I started applying for jobs everywhere, got excited. I think I got pastor the fast with me for a, a, a particular job because I was excited I was going to be working under Somebody that's, you know, like a goat, like a goat goat. It's going to be a lot of opportunity. I was going to get to learn how to write grants. I was excited about that. And uh, literally accepted the job and had to call them back and tell them no because God only told me I could apply for it. He didn't tell me it was my job. And so that was, that was one of them situations where I had to, like, step up to the plate and be a grown man. You know, like, can you imagine calling somebody to tell them, yeah, hey, the job that I accepted is paying me more money than I'm making right now that could potentially change the trajectory of my life? I can't accept it. I know for sure that was Holy Spirit. I know for sure that that was God on that phone that sent that email because they didn't even answer the phone, so I had to send a follow-up email. 
I had to get out of my own way. And as soon as I settled, as soon as I settled, okay, God, you said my time is up. I'm ready whenever you say go. Literally, two days later, man walked up to me. Hey, you used to work in recruitment, right? I want you to come back and work on my team. First of all, sir, I don't even know your name. <laughs> Secondly, who are you? Thirdly, who told you about me? Fourthly, why me? All of this is going through my head. And then, like, he, he just kept, he kept coming back. And after a while, he said, you know what? Listen, job going to be posted Monday. If you're interested, apply for it, and then we'll have a conversation about it. I said, look at this guy. Like, he ain't even been around here long enough to know anything about me. And I don't think any of these people, you know, this is just me now, this trait thinking, I don't think any of these people got anything positive to really say about me. And so, talked to my wife about it. She was like, well, you, you said God said that it was time for you to go. And so, I mean, you already had no, so just try it out. Because at this point, I'm praying like, God, if this is you, I need a sign. I need you to tell me because I'm, I'm ready to go if you say go. He ain't say nothing. So, reluctantly, I applied for the job. Got offered the interview and didn't even want to go. Y'all, I, ain't even, I didn't even prepare a proper presentation for the room that I walked in. Because in my mind, I'm like, I've done this job before. So, why put effort into it? If you, I mean, you came for me, right? I'm not looking for a job. You came after Trey. And so, show up, PowerPoint didn't work. Just a lot of stuff went wrong that day. I think I almost twisted my ankle while trying to walk to the interview. It was just, it's just rough, right? And so I'm in the room and everything is going well. Everybody just smiling, you know, and I'm, I'm going, we're going through the motions. I'm answering the questions as they come. I talk about my wife in interviews because that's easy, right? It's easy. I relay everything back, back, to, back to me and Kiera's story because that's easy for me to talk about, right? And so they're talking about, you know, well, how do you, you know, how you want to connect the students to, to South Alabama, I say, well, it's all about the experience. And I share my experience because my experience, in my opinion, is, you know, I'm talking in circles, basically. Get out of the job interview. I don't even get to meet dude that, all, that you know, that came to me about the job. They're like, oh, well, he's not on campus today, da 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 Two days later, they call, offer me the job. I said, well, Lord, look, now they done offered this job, so if we moving, you know, let's move. And he was like, well, listen to, listen to the offer. So I said, okay. I called him back. Well, yeah, I hear the offer. She gave it off. I said, oh, no, I ain't doing that. No, mm -mm. nope, nope. We're not, we not, we not moving for that salary. Because if that's the case, I could have just got out of the will of God and just went and did, you know, what I wanted to do. And so <laughs> I told her, I said, no, no. Like, he's going to have to do better than that because he came after me. And I know my worth, right? And I know, what, I, know, I, know where, I know where I'm going. I know that there are some things that the Lord wants to do in my life. And so... You're going to have to do better than that. Again, that was all Holy Spirit. Because in, my, in, in Trey's eye, that's just more money. Just take it. Be done with it. Right? Because I'm confessing a specific number every day that I'm wanting to show up in my house. And this number is not that. And so, went back. She called me back. Hey. No, no, no. Actually, I saw him. I saw him again on campus. He said, hey, you know, we're negotiating and I like it. I like that. I said, this dude is weird. And so, long story cut short, y'all, ended up accepting the job offer because God said he showed me. He showed me as she came into my office to offer me the job. It's like the spirit of the Lord just sat in the room. 
Because I had called them back and I told them these are five things that I need. These are five non-negotiable. That's that, that this is what I'll move for. And the salary wasn't what I wanted it to be. But guess what? At the end of it all, after I had accepted the job, they had to call me back. They had called me back and re-offered the job at the literal salary that I asked for the first time. Said it was some type of malfunction with paperwork. And, and to this day, I still don't know what happened. And so I get in front of the guy. I finally got an opportunity to be in front of the guy, and I get to ask the question. So I asked him, I said, so, I said, so listen, if you want me to work for you, I got to know why you came after me. I got to know because I'm not going to be settled. I want to know, know what you saw in me to come after me. And so he said, Trey, you're going to really think I'm crazy when I say this. But um, he said, I usually operate off intuition. I said, oh, got it. I hear you. I hear you, God. That, that's, that's the second time. He confirmed why I was there. That's the second time he confirmed that this is what I was supposed to be doing. And so now I have ear. I have ear to somebody who has probably 30, 40 years of experience asking me, giving me the opportunity to do things that I shouldn't be doing with the title and the salary that I'm doing it with. But because God said it. <laughs> because God said it and because because I was in a place where I was able to move out of my own way and just do what God said do because he said it. And so, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a testimony that if you just get out of your own way. I know you've been confessing. I know you've been confessing because I was confessing every day. But every time a situation shows up, Lord, I, ain't, I can't do it. I ain't going to be able to do it, Lord. You're going to have to really do it. And so... After all of that, I just, I, I just stand in awe now. I stand in awe every time the phone rings and somebody asks me, what do you think about this? Okay, give me five minutes, I'm going to pray about it, and then we, you know, matter of fact, let's just schedule a meeting. Schedule a meeting for two, three days later, let me get before God, because he got me on this platform, right? And so clearly there's something that he wants to do, and I don't want to put Trey in the way at all. I want to keep it to where he's able to move and operate as he wants to move and operate. And so I don't know who this is for, but you got to get out of your own way. You got to change your view of yourself because he ain't asking you to do it on your own. He just needs you to be a vessel. He just needs you to be willing and he needs you to be able to operate at a level to where you can always have a keen ear to Holy Spirit so that he can move and work through you. Because I'm going to tell you what he's telling you to do is going to put you on that level because as soon as I accepted that job, my wife got a, a, a new job, and our household salary doubled. It's above what we were confessing for. I'm telling you, it's predicated on your, the level of your belief. So either you're going to believe what he said and do what he told you to do, or you're going to find yourself next year in the same seat you're sitting in now. It's your belief. My God, this, what, this ain't even in my notes. But it's your belief. It's your belief. You can't work to get there. Who told you you needed the certification? Who told you you had to take the test and pass it? Who told you you needed a letter of recommendation from somebody that's got experience in the area? Who told you that? 
If God told you this is what you're supposed to be doing, do it and be satisfied doing it. Now I'm going to get off of that because I felt that real strong and I don't know who that's for, but amen. Check out this statement. Every promise and principle of God hinges on our belief. And I kind of talked about this. You know, a lot of us are giving and we don't even believe the confession that we're making when we're giving. But the word says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. But you can't give if you don't believe it's coming back. Right. You got to have an expectation on that. When you sow the seed, you got to have an expectation that it's going to come back. Good measure. Pressed down, shaking together, and running over. You have to have an expectation of that. Even when you're tithing, right? The principle of tithing, it doesn't just work because God said it worked. It works based on whether or not you believe it. Because the Lord even said, he said, try me. He said, try. He put himself out there. He said, try me and see don't I hold up my word. See won't I rebuke the devourer for my sake. And so just doing it alone ain't going to make it show up in your life. You got to believe. You already got half of the equation together, but you got to believe. You got to believe. Reviving your belief is not a matter of doing it on your own, but it's a matter of getting to the right place where you can hear God and where you can move and operate as he said. And so what's the place, right? What's the right place? The right place is the strong tower. This is what God said. He said it's the strong tower. Proverbs 18 and 10 says, the name of the Lord. Look again how the Lord set the stage. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. So in the old Bible days, right, they had all these cities and they built towers. Typically, the towers were in the middle of the city, right? And so the towers were there for when war showed up or when the enemy was coming, right, the city was always ahead of what was coming. It was always ahead because they kept somebody in the tower, right? And so if war break out, if war break out, we got to go out on the front lines. We got to fight. We got to go out to the gates of the city. But in the midst of war, if you feel like you've got to a place to where you're tired, you want to give up, you got to run to the strong tower. And, 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 and see, it's in the tower that there is safety. It's in the tower that there is protection. Right. So if you're at the place of being defeated by the enemy, let's just get to the tower because I know the tower is secure. I know the tower is strong. I know that I know that there's enough power in the tower to hold me. And in the tower, they will put food and nourishment, right, because you need to rebuild your strength in the tower. They would have war strategies. So that just in case the enemy is coming, I can kind of figure out and map out where they're coming from. So there was provision in the tower. I would just imagine in the tower they had pots made of maybe grape leaves or banana leaves or something of that sort. So they could lay down and take a rest for a while and restore their strength. But my most favorite thing that Holy Spirit revealed to me, he said the tower, it was a place of status and preservation. My God from heaven. It was a place of status and preservation. A place of status. When you look at it, you know, you come in, you, I, I just imagine as the enemies were coming into the cities, right, and they would see the tower, it would probably make them question whether or not we want to go fight them. 
based on how strong their strong tower was. And it was a place of preservation. It was, it was a place. My God, if you if you in like right preservation, it, it's like a boost to make you keep going on, right? So 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 let's say that we're fighting in the war, right? And 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 we going up against one person, and it, and it looked tough, and it looked like I'm not gonna get out of this situation. Looked like I'm gonna die. I can look to the tower, just look to it, and get a burst of energy to keep pressing on. The Lord said that He is the strong tower. He said that I am your safety. I am Jehovah Nisi. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Shammah. I am El Shaddai. I am Adonai, your Lord and Master. I am. I am Elohim. I am El Elyon. It's my name. His name. <laughs> I see what he did. His name alone carries weight. And so if it is something that you're facing, you got to apply his name to it. And you got to keep applying his name to it until you see it change. Because I believe what the word said, I think it's, is it second, is it uh, Philippians? Yeah, I believe what the word said in Philippians 2 and 10. God has elevated him to the place, high, the, the highest place of honor and gave him a name that's above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Uh-oh, they stopped the scripture. Oh, that was, no, 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 that's the only one, I'm sorry. No, verse 11, and every tongue should declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. I believe that. And so it ain't nothing that I face that I can't put, I can't put it under the name. Because nothing stands up to that name. Nothing has a higher status or higher weight than that name. And so you're not going to beat me because I'm fighting in the name. The enemy can't have my household because we operate in the name. It can't have my marriage. I don't care how it show up. It can't have my marriage because we operate in the name. You may catch me. You may catch me off on a day, but you best believe I'm walking and I'm talking in the name because I try to keep my place in a posture to where I can always hear from Holy Spirit because you can't be out here by yourself. And, 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 and just in case life's issues, just in case the circumstances of life get me down, I can look to the hills is what David said. From which cometh my help, knowing that my help cometh from the Lord. Because the power is in the name. It's the name alone. I don't think we call his name enough. You know, I remember, I remember being in my old church and man, them folk, boy, listen. They would start singing that song, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. They would start with that right there and it's just like something would just break out over the whole church. There is power in the name of Jesus. And we got to get to a place to where that's what we operate in. Got to stop looking at yourself. And you got to get in the name. Get in, the, get in Christ, as pastors have been teaching. Put on the suit. We leave the house every day unsuited and uncovered and unprepared for what the enemy is going to. Because every day he on his job. He's on his job every day, right? Roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. And if you out there, and let's just say you ain't got on your breastplate of righteousness. 
if your feet ain't shod with truth. You gotta, we, we have to be a people that's going to operate in the name. We can't be moved by what we see. Because, see, you have to understand that you are a spirit being. From the moment you receive salvation in your life, Holy Spirit was on the inside of you. And it's time for us to tap into him so that we can operate at the level to which we need to operate. And if you ain't got, okay, we're talking about belief, right? If you don't know what to believe, get in his word. Believe what the word said. Declare what the word said about you. You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are a child of the most high God. And there is nothing that's impossible to you if you would only believe. If you would only believe. So I don't know what it's going to take. I don't know what it's going to take for us to get to the place to where we just believe what the words say. But, you know, I feel like I'm at, the, I'm, I'm at the place in life now. I done seen it work enough in my life. You know what I'm saying? I done seen it work enough in my own life to know that it works. But even, even, even if, even if I get to the point to where it ain't moving how I want it to move and it ain't looking how I want it to look, I'm going to go back to his word. Because I understand that there ain't nothing in here that he said I can have that I can't have. And it ain't nothing I got to ask for because he really already done done it. And so what I need to do is just hear from Holy Spirit and get the strategy, right? Get God's plan on the matter and execute that. Because that's what works. But the question is, are you going to believe his plan? Because he told us in Jeremiah 29 and 11 that he knows the thoughts. He knows the plans that he has for you to give you a hope and a future. So why are we walking around here worried about dying? Why are we worried about, are we going to make it out of this situation? He already told you you were. He said he has, he has laid up an expected end. And I just believe that if God got expectation on me, this good. Amen. Amen. Come on and celebrate God right there. for tuning into our podcast. If you were changed by this message today, help someone else by sharing on your social media platforms. You can partner with us to continue to reach more people by giving at rightwayccc.org or on the Givelify app. Make sure to subscribe so that you're the first to know when a new episode is available. Thanks for listening.